Hello, and welcome to another episode of Houston. We have a podcast. Um, we are uh, continuing with our uh, our mini episodes, our bite sized episodes with just me and Carson. No guests today. Uh, we've been watching a f- we've been watching a bunch of things, and uh, we wanted to talk to you guys about them. Um, some uh, completely random, and uh, some new things that uh, have have a lot of hype or had hype at least on both of our uh most uh what's the um top 10 most anticipated movies yeah top 10 most anticipated movies uh so uh you're gonna hear about the green knight you're gonna hear about uh i don't know maybe a bit of spider-man maybe about maybe um some random indie stuff that uh only carson knows about and uh i'll be silent and um yeah Sorry, we've been uh, we've been away for a while. Carson's been very busy. We've both been very busy. Anyways, yeah, I'm important. gonna bring that up later when we talk about Shadow in the Cloud. Are you... <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, wow. I didn't. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that. <laughs> That's an interesting uh, connection that I did not make when I told you to watch Shadow in the Cloud. Um, Carson, how you, how you doing? How you feeling? I've watched a lot of movies these days. I am uh, still in this pandemic, still sitting at home, so I'm I'm good. Yep, yep. I made I made it out to the uh, to the theater to watch Green Knight. Um, what does that experience look like these days? You know what? And I've said this before. Like uh, it was the same as I when I went for Tenet um, when the theaters opened up for like a week back in December. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it because. Um, I, I do like going to the theater, like overpriced food and like drinks aside. Um, I like I just like watching on that big screen in that big room. I don't know. I think it's just maybe it's just the, the novelty of it for me. Um, but I absolutely hate, 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 hate having people sitting around me um, because I have pretty long legs for one. And I'm. I don't know. I just so much like I, so many things that take me out of the movie when I'm like really cramped in that theater. Like my seat is like squeaking because I have to like hold it up because it, you know those recliner ones that like rock back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, I have really long legs, so if people are on either side of me, like I'm just uncomfortable. And then the person in front of me has their seat all the way back. It's like being on a plane, but we're. Uh, but worse. <laughs> yeah, I do have to say like this last year and a half has kind of shown me what I do and don't like about the theater experience cuz my last movie was Tenet back in July of last year. And I I think I talked a lot of shit about the theaters before, but I've started to realize what I do like about them. Um and like honestly, I don't care about the big movies like, you know, Black Widow came out, I watched it on TV, it did not matter that that was not seen in theaters, but there's certain like smaller like I mean, we're going to talk about this later, but like the Green Knight, I would have loved to watch that in theaters because that's a, for me like a theater experience. Just as long as you don't have somebody like chewing chips and popcorn in the side of your yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, the fact that the theater is like next to empty nowadays is—I mean, it's probably bad for business, but it's great for my experience. Um, and another thing, like you 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 mentioned, which is a really good point, something like Green Knight. If I had watched that at home, I would have instantly fallen asleep. <laughs> um, and that's that's one thing like I I appreciate about being in the theater, like the social social setting of the theater is that 
I can't be on my phone, so I have to really be into the movie. And sometimes, like, I don't know, depending on the movie, again, Green Knight, <laughs> it's something I would have been also on my phone. And it's, it's I don't know, it's it kind of a knock on me that I'm not, like, it's hard for me to pay attention. But I like that the theater forces me to be all the way in the movie. And it was like, it was a perfect situation for Tenet and for Green Knight as much as I did not enjoy <laughs> Green Knight. <laughs> Uh, but we'll get into that. Well, now I guess we're already we're already into it. Are we jumping into Green Knight now? I, I feel. Do you have any uh, anything any news or whatever that you want to bring up uh, before I, I I lay into it? <laughs> no, let's let's jump right into Green Knight. Because I, so I'm cool. curious as to hear why you didn't like it. Because just putting my cards on the table, I loved it. Yeah, we this like I think this is probably one of our biggest disagreements in a while. <laughs> Um, and it sucks because it was on both of our, uh, anticipated, most anticipated lists. It was your number six. It was my number two. And you know what? I think that's, that was accurate. Um, Space Jam was also on your list, by the way. Yeah. Well, I've, my, I've struck out on like 50% of my list so far. Um, I didn't even finish Space Jam. Another thing of like, if I, I, I wouldn't have, I only I, I stopped because I was watching it at home. Like I only got halfway through. But anyways, um, um, yeah, Green Knight. I'll, I'll I'll give a quick review before we fight. <laughs> um, it everything looked cool. Everything was like visually, it was amazing. Like as like a artsy movie, it was great. It was like going to a museum. I feel like and looking at a lot of paintings and is beautiful and. There's great acting, um, but it was just incredibly boring for me. <laughs> um, it 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 was like, and I know it's it's based on like a poem, right? The story um, itself. I think it's technically a poem, but it's more like a full-on story, like slash book. Like it's it's more than just like a a one-page okay. poem type thing. Okay, but I'm uh, so basically, I feel like the story, the what consists like the whole story is something that you could tell in five minutes like it could have been a short film yeah um and to blow that up into what was it two hours i think it was two and a bit two and a bit like it it just it was a drag (laughs) um and like i know other complaints not necessarily for me but like it's hard to follow like there's certain things that are confusing um I feel like I'm I'm pretty well versed in old English uh, <laughs> to know what was going on, but it's just like I don't know. I it it was just so slow. Nothing exploded. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you know that's it's pretty. That's my big gripe. Is just like five minutes stretched into two hours, and it's just slow. <laughs> So it's funny you bring up museum because I have this this whole shtick and, and bear with me here because this will take a little while. So presumably, uh, you know, you or our audience have been to an art gallery before you've been to a museum and you go there for an hour or two and you go in and you look at the walls and there's these you know beautiful paintings and you can go in and you can look at them and you have a, a nice time just looking at the paintings. So imagine if you went to a museum and they said, you know, let's take all these you know, ideas of beautiful, you know, photos or paintings, and let's let's have them be about a similar theme. 
And let's take it further and let's actually put them in sequential order so that if you go to one painting and you look at it and then you go to the next, you're actually like seeing events happen in the order of a story. And, you know, that would be interesting. That would be an interesting museum experience. Um, and then let's take it further and say, you know, you have to take, you know, five seconds to go from one painting to the other. Your feet are sore. So let's just sit you down on a chair and let's just deliver paintings at you in sequential <laughs> order of a story. And to make it, you know, one step even better, let's play some interesting music over top of that that connects to what the, you know, the mood and the story of the, you know, what's going on in the story. And I, I would say that's probably a pretty pleasant experience. Um, if, and, and I don't want to say, because you could use that excuse to say any movie, but if truly every frame that you're looking at is, you know, worthy of like an art gallery type quality, then that is a, you know, pleasurable experience to go to a, an art museum like that. And that's basically my review of The Green Knight is it's just beauty for two hours. And honestly, <laughs> like you say, like five minute stretch of two hours, like I could have been in that environment for four hours and I wouldn't have oh gotten my bored God. <laughs> because it's like, sure, the story's not super interesting. I have a little bit to say about the story, um, okay. but I would generally agree that it's pretty slow there's not a lot happening and there's a lot of scenes that don't really connect to anything that's going on. Um, <laughs> yes, but I, and you saw this in theaters. I didn't even see this in theaters. I was watching this in my bed on my laptop with a baby waking up every 30 minutes to make us pause the movie and get out of the environment and then you know <laughs> keep going. So was not the greatest watching experience, but even though I agree that this story wasn't very interesting, it was everything I wanted it to be because it was amazing looking and the the acting was great and the music was great. And it's, it's literally to the point that you could pick any time code between, you know, zero seconds and two hours. And I could, you know, go to the movie, pause it at that time code. And it would be something that I would be okay with printing off and putting on my wall. Because for yeah. me, it was that good looking. I, yeah, I mean, and that's the one thing we apparently agree on on this movie, that everything looked amazing. I feel like it would have been maybe even better as, like, a picture book. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm going too far there. I'm, but, yeah, I, it's, it, it's really coming down to preference here because I don't think it was a bad movie. Like, if we're talking about film, cinema, movie, like artsy great museum type stuff um visuals amazing acting amazing but just it's i mean from myself that's not what i was hoping for i guess or not what it's not like the the, the comforting type movie that i l l tend to enjoy in the yeah in if the you're theater. going in expecting a king arthur movie uh, this is not that, even though yeah. <laughs> Sir Gaiwan is technically part of the King Arthur universe. Um, it does. So just speaking about the story itself, did you read anything about like what the, the actual story, the actual poem is? I read a little bit. Um, I like not in too much detail. Um, uh, but I, it was, I got the gist. Yeah. The gist seems to be like back in the days of chivalry, like, you know, this knight has to be, go be honorable. And for those who aren't familiar with the story, it's about a guy who uh, gets in a game with like a 
magical green knight um who basically says like hey whatever you know we're gonna fight right now and whatever blow you land on me you know one year from now i'm gonna return the same to you so what sorry what one quick thing in mm-hmm. between there one of the stipulations of the the game was that uh, and i don't know if this was actually part of the game or just a natural reaction from everyone around him but it was like uh whatever blow you land on me like uh and everyone will love you and you like get, make a lot of money mm, yeah. or something was that part of the game like you'll win riches and all this like fame or did everyone just like love him because he killed the knight i thought i remember him saying that it was part of the game but i okay don't remember i i thought it was part of the game too but then and then the, the whole deal is like in a year you ha- you have all this time to enjoy all the benefits of winning the game but then in a year Whatever you did to me, I'm going to do to you. Yeah, and for it, for me, it would have been more interesting if he doesn't have like the the fame because the the whole like the big theme of the movie is doing the honorable thing, and yeah. it seemed like he was seeking honor, even though he's at a point where he is willingly going on a journey to go die because that's the only thing he can do to keep his honor intact. And if he doesn't do that, he loses his honor. And so it's it's all about this, and that's the part of the story I found interesting because the original green Knight story is very much promoting that sense of chivalry and honor and being like, okay, look at this honorable knight and how great he is going to do this thing, even though, you know, he's going to get his head cut off. Whereas in this one, it's kind of like, well, honor is pretty stupid. And if you want to <laughs> do that, like you're not going to get anything out of it because in the, uh, in the actual story or sorry, in the original poem, he doesn't die. It's all kind of like a game yeah. and he's rewarded for his honor at the end. Whereas Is it because one, he's, do- he's looking for honor for the sake of honor? That's why it's stupid? That's why I think so. And it's like every time he goes to try to do the honorable thing in this movie, he doesn't get a reward for it. Like he, he goes and say, or not saves, but you know, the woman with her head cut off, he goes and retrieves her head and basically all he gets for it is like his axe back so that he can continue going on his journey to get killed again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I so thought the whole thing was that he was, it was showing that he's just not honorable because like one, he, he only gave the, the scavenger money because he asked him for it. And two, uh, like he was completely mishandling the ghost girl with her head mm-hmm. cut off. And then like the, the temptation, uh, part which is what i'm assuming the theme of like that whole bit was with alicia vikander who's like a mirror of like his girlfriend back home Mm -hmm. but she's like the hotter version (laughs) um um and so he like he kind of uh gets taken in by this one where he didn't want to make it official with his um the the less polished Alicia Vikander. I mean, this is like a terrible explanation, but yeah, reading up on that, I, cause that scene, those scenes like didn't make a ton of sense in the movie. And then I read up on, you know, part of the poem and, and, and other poems of that period was this idea of an exchange of gifts. And like, if you read what the actual story is, then you're like, Oh, okay, this is a twist of that. But if you don't understand the original that it's being a twist of, then it doesn't really make a lot of sense in its own. So I feel okay. like this movie is a bit of a, satire for people who know the original story that it's like you know the story and now here it's doing its own kind of twists and satires and critique of it but if you're just going into it and this is the only thing you know about that story i i feel like it's not like the additional reading helped me understand the plot um but again 
I would have enjoyed this movie even if the plot did not contribute anything at all. So, because I'm not a big fan of movies that require additional reading. Yeah. Like everything that should be understood should be on the in the picture. And you've said as much before, but I understand the <clears throat> fact that like the visuals of this movie can carry it along if that's what your your that's what you're into it for. Like I would agree with you. I would take any still of this movie and put it on my wall. But just as a movie, God. <laughs> um. Oh, and when we, I guess we're sorry. Spoilers. If you don't, if you listen to our podcast and you don't know by now, there's not much just, to spoil in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, oh my god, it was so funny. The my my theater was my theater audience was like furious. <laughs> like by the end of the movie, like I could auto, I could. He, audibly hear like like (laughs) (laughs) and like some someone was like that's it or like this is stupid like i heard those things near the end of the movie but um at the end there's throughout the movie there's like a whole thing about him having this uh this belt or like this cloth thing and then it was a, a big deal about when he uh when he finally faced the green knight and uh, this is after the the twist of the movie, which I won't spoil for some reason. Um, like he's he's getting ready to get his head chopped off, and then he's like, he, he's like, wait, and he takes off the the cloth that's supposed to give him protection, and he's like, okay, now I'm ready. Do you know what that what that was about? Because that lost me as well. I, I, it's hard to speak to without kind of saying the twist at all and i don't know if i'm speaking about the same twist that you are but it's kind of like he saw a world without honor where he ends up kind of escaping with because the whole thing about the green sash is that you know if you wear this where you meet him you live whereas you know the honorable thing to do is go and die and so Mm. he kind of looks at a future without honor and it's kind of empty and though he kind of says like i don't know i guess maybe it is doubling down on you know, honor is greater than anything else. Like, I don't know what the point of that is, but that's kind of how I interpreted it. Okay. I mean, that makes, that makes some sense. I mean, cool. <laughs> it, um, um... It, it reminded me of, uh, there's a, a YouTube channel I used to follow called Every Frame of Painting, uh, which this movie reminds me of because literally like every frame is like a painting in this movie. Uh, but I just thought I'd promo that account they haven't produced a video in like six years i feel like the guy who runs it got a real job or something uh but he has some very interesting videos on jackie chan and edgar wright and why their comedic styles work so well uh from a cinematic perspective so little shout out if you're interested in some filmmaking videos check out every frame of painting every frame painting yeah that is actually interesting to me and i will look that up as well every frame painting um, um, yeah, I don't have a whole much left to say about the Green Knight, but yeah, I was, it's, I, was I, I think, I think we're on the same page that it's successfully achieved what it wanted to be, but not everyone is interested in what it wants to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, and by the way, your, your theater experience reminded me of my experience of seeing drive in theaters, which was one of my favorite uh, movies of like a 10 year period. And I remember being in the theater and I was just loving every minute of it. 
And then there was some point when like Ryan Gosling shoots something with a shotgun. And then there was somebody being like, Oh, finally. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. People don't appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that also lends, uh, lends itself to how, how different, how much, how, how differently we enjoy being in the theater as well. Cause I think everyone, you're not of the, uh, the, the mainstream, uh, tastes <laughs> the festival crowd would have eaten this movie up well probably i think that yeah it's just not is terrible timing for uh for a, a museum experience in the theater <laughs> <laughs> they need to uh they need to put what's that vacation movie vacation story on disney plus that's I have no uh, idea what you're talking about oh there's a there's a disney plus original called vacation vacation friends <laughs> with like john oh, cena yeah yeah okay i know what you're talking about now yeah that's a, that's a real theater movie right there yeah the thing is like i think everyone is clamoring to go watch like a big budget movie or something like dumb and stupid with explosions and it's like to a certain degree me too but nobody from a production perspective wants to put out a big budget movie because they're going to lose a bunch of money like yeah. nobody wants to be the first one to go do it yeah. But I guess Shang-Chi is coming out next week, so. Yeah. I'm, uh, I don't know. Is that even, that's in theaters too, right? I think the, so. Yeah. The, I know there, there's a whole, like, I think the, the star Simu, Simu Liu is, like, doing some uh, uh, promotional stuff about, like, trying to get people back into theaters um, with Cineplex because how he gets paid that's the disney contract yeah because the this it'll be the first marvel movie to bomb probably <laughs> wait how did black widow do fairly well right no no i well. don't think in because disney plus hasn't released its viewership numbers and so it certainly didn't do well in theaters because most people who watched it weren't in theaters but you can't say whether the equivalent amount of people watched it online or not because they haven't given us the numbers i assume yeah. it did not do very well yeah uh, come on, Asians. Shang-Chi. <laughs> um, also, I mean, it, before we get into the, our other uh, kind of mini review, uh, since we're already talking about Marvel, um, uh, hopefully anyone listening has already seen the, the trailer for Spider-Man. Was it No Way Home? Yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home by now. Where he's uh, he's partnered with Doctor Strange, and uh, the big reveal is that Doctor Octopus is back, and, and a few d- others. Yeah, well, yeah, but everyone is now pretending to remember Alfred Molina. <laughs> I just rewatched the original Spider-Man trilogy a few months ago, the Tobey Maguire one. Yeah, the the real one. Yeah, I you know what I'm gonna do that too because I I missed those those movies even though i like i've i always say that even on our podcast that like toby mcguire is my favorite spider-man i kind of don't like him <laughs> no it's not him that makes those movies good yeah it's the uh it's the dancing <laughs> but yeah um we did i think we we talked about um the trailer already did we not I don't think not so. like on the podcast, but 
I think you were not you were not that impressed. <laughs> so he, here's the reason why I'm not super impressed about it. I'm trying to imagine what a movie looks like that has six previous villains from six other movies that aren't connected or sorry, five other movies that aren't connected because they're bringing in lizard and electro and green goblin and sandman. And it's like, they have one villain from every previous Spider-Man movie. And so it's like, but at some point you need to have a story. Your movie needs to be (laughs) about something. And so it just feels like, it feels like rise of Skywalker all over again, where somebody at Disney did an algorithm of Twitter and said, okay, this is what everyone wants in a movie. Let's put that in the movie. And then, oh, by the way, we need a story. So we need to connect these things somehow. Whereas a movie that ends up genuinely being interesting will be one where you start with the story and then you bring in the characters and the villains and all that that make that story work. So I just don't see any path that you can bring all these characters in and have it still be interesting. And I was a little bit surprised by the trailer because it did have an interesting point about um, you know, everyone knowing that he's Spider-Man and that ruining his world and kind of having to play with like, okay, you can solve it if no one remembers anything. Um, it's like, okay, there, there's a story there. I don't see why Doc Ock is going to help that story in any way. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's going to help it because it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like Doc Ock. I'm glad Alfred Molina's back. I'm glad that Sam Raimi is directing. I think he's directing this movie. Is he um, really? Actually... Second guessing myself on that one. <laughs> Let's look this up right now. But it's... I feel like it's not. No, it's John Watts. I don't know okay. who that is. No, I got that wrong then. For some reason, I thought Sam Raimi was involved. Um, but no, it's just like it, it makes for a really fun trailer. I don't think it's going to make for a fun movie. I mean, I, I I get the sense that all these villains coming back, like it's a huge reveal, but it's going to be a kind of like a uh, a Deadpool X Force or a Suicide Squad type deal where they're going to show up for like a few seconds and then Spider Man fights them and beat the beats them like as a I don't know like a like running through a gauntlet of like old villains type thing. They're not going to have like their own their own they... feature. They could be stealing the uh, the Nightfall story from Batman, where basically Bane makes Batman fight all these other villains before he gets to him so that he can be stronger and Batman can be tired. So it's like, if there's actually someone masterminding all of this, maybe. And there's people that have suspected that Doctor Strange is not Doctor Strange and that he's actually someone in disguise. It's like, okay. I saw that too. Yeah. Maybe, but like maybe still Mysterio <laughs> messing around with them. I just feel like the the online speculation is always more interesting than these stories end up being. Yeah, well, I mean, what's it called? The uh, the online uh, uh, demands were for like the Spider-Man multiverse, and then they did it. So maybe maybe it's still they're still scouring the Reddit message boards for an ending (laughs) i I do like that they're getting weird at least yeah i mean they've they've gotten weird i'm thinking of a specific marvel movie and i and now i'm blanking on which one i was thinking about that was that was weird like that i'm not gonna remember ant-man probably i my heart says ant-man because i love ant-man but i know no one else does (laughs) Um, 
no, people it's like not Ant Man the character. They just don't like the movies. But the movies are good. <laughs> All right, that's uh, yeah. enough of Spider-Man. Let's talk about the trailer for Spencer. That's where the real <laughs> action is at this month. Uh, Kristen Stewart playing Princess Diana. Yes, please. Uh, I noticed that they have strategically not have her speak too much in the trailer because I just know that she's going to have a horrible, horrible accent. You don't you don't have the same faith in Kristen Stewart that you do with uh, Robert Pattinson and his many accents. I think she's going to give up a, a good performance. I don't think she's going to give a good British accent. Um, it's also directed by the same person who did a Natalie Portman Jackie O movie a few years back, uh, which was like the story of her in the days after JFK died, uh, which was quite interesting. So on those two things, I am looking forward to Spencer. Uh, I'm not going to pump it up as the most exciting movie ever to come. Uh, I feel like I need to do something because last time we spoke, uh, last podcast, I was pumping up Titan or Titan, and then it immediately won Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. So I feel like I'm some type of Nostradamus that is good at predicting films, but, uh, (laughs) I, I won't lend that weight to Spencer. Is it uh, so? You said the director did both. Uh, this is doing this one, and also the Jackie. Uh, Jackie, Jackie movie from like three, four years ago. Yeah. Is there because there's a um, uh, there is a Marilyn Monroe movie. Uh, so with that Anna one Carmus. is, is that on my. Guy? No, it is not. But the. So sorry, this is sidetracked. But that movie was also on my top ten most anticipated movies of the year. Um, it is directed by Andrew Dominic, and okay. the soundtrack for it is by Nick Cave, who Andrew Dominic also did a documentary with slash about. Um, Andrew Dominic also did, um, uh, what's it called? The Assassination of Jesse James. Oh, yeah. And he did a movie uh, in a long time ago, 20 years ago, called Chopper, which is about like a serial killer kind of guy. So he does a movie like once every seven years. And it's really, really good. And so <laughs> okay. they're not like a lot of hype, but even though I don't really care about Anna de Armas or Marilyn Monroe, what? there's a lot of people involved in this movie that I'm really excited about. Because Nick Cave, I also like his music. So it's like, it's a merging of talent that I am very interested about. And despite I, the fact that there's been no trailer. I was hoping that you were going to say Nick Cage who was doing the music. <laughs> <Not> Nick Cage. <laughs> Because I, I, you would interest me there. Although I'm already interested by, by, by Anna Diarmas. <laughs> she, I um, mean, you're excited because of her acting in Knives Out, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. My she was actually much better in that movie than I thought she was. My fiance's be. listening. <laughs> um. Um. Uh. I yeah. I thought um because you said like the whole Jackie movie and then the. Uh, whoever this is, Diana. I thought it was like, I thought he was the type of director who's like, I think it's Andy McKay who did uh, the big short and then the same type of movie in like Vice. So he's like doing the same thing, but except his thing is like famous, powerful women. (laughs) He's got another movie coming up this year with everybody in Hollywood. Who? Adam McKay. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence and, bunch of other people yes is that yeah actually sorry i'm i'm not i'm gonna stop asking questions because we're going too far down <laughs> a, a rabbit hole that 
like separate rabbit holes, multiverses, if you will. What uh, we were going to talk about something else. Shadow in the cloud. Shadow in the cloud. I have some thoughts about this movie, but I am curious as to why you made me watch this movie. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) you know what? There is not really a reason. Uh, (laughs) I just thought it was shocking and hilarious um and it's yeah like i said it's funny because it's not even from this year um and i'll I'll give a background because i don't think anyone listening has probably watched this movie uh it's it's a netflix original no it's not it's on netflix i don't know if it's a netflix original i don't think it's an original no but it's one of those like straight to netflix type movies yeah yeah um, so it's uh, starring Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, who's Hit Girl from Kick-Ass, um, and she is uh, she starts off as like this British aviator in World War II. Uh, she's flying on a, a like a bomber uh, uh, because she's carrying some top secret uh, top secret package, um, and there's just it's a mystery. What's the package? Um, and then. Also, there's gremlins, or there's a gremlin, which is, like, introduced in the first, like, couple minutes of the movie through a cartoon. Um, and also, uh, all the male aviators on the bomber are, like, just complete misogynistic pieces of shit. Um, and also, <laughs> um, she's, like, a spy, and also... <laughs> <laughs> there's just so many re- also she's like uh she has a baby so spoiler alert the package is a baby also one of the crew of the bomber is uh her baby daddy and also just sorry we'll get into more of that stuff later but basically i just thought that it, this was a very strange movie and I was curious, just curious to see what you thought about it. <laughs> so some context for our audience. Uh, me and my wife have recently had a baby. Uh, that baby's four weeks old at home. Most of the second half of this movie is a baby about to die that Chloe Grace Moretz is trying to save. And I got to a point where there's like a baby hanging out the side of the plane about to fall <laughs> off. And I'm like, why did Paulo recommend this movie to Sorry. me? And at a certain point, I was like, okay, this baby's probably not going to die. Otherwise, you would not have recommended that to me. Um, but I thought that was a bit funny. Um, I There's liked... also a bait and switch near the end where you actually do think the baby was yeah, like, crushed. I, I didn't think for a second that that was actually going to end like that because that would have been okay. horribly depressing. Um, I liked this movie. <laughs> okay. It, like, it, it's certainly not a good movie. Um, and this is probably partially because I had such low expectations going into it because, you know, as you said, it's straight on Netflix. It's Chloe Grace Moretz, who hasn't done a good movie since Kick-Ass. I also um, set those expectations <laughs> when I watch it. But, like, these, this is definitely one of the movies that if I'm flipping through Netflix, I'm like, well, I'm not watching that. Um, so I, I definitely would not have. And, I mean, there's a reason. It's not particularly well made. The dialogue and the acting is pretty terrible. Um, you got the the guy who plays KG beast in the DC extended universe being like the captain of the ship. Um, what? the, the weird looking guy who's like, yeah. Anyway, you can look that up. Okay. Um, but it's, 
I really liked the premise. The first hour of this movie is like a, a single location story that takes place entirely through dialogue on the radio. And I yeah. thought that was that was fun and interesting and new. Because basically, like Chloe Grace Moretz, she goes into the bottom of the plane and the gunner seats, the uh, seat gets, or the, the door gets locked. So she's stuck down there. She's talking to everyone on the radio. I thought this movie was going to be entirely in that seat. Um, it reminded me I a lot. Worried it was going to be that. <laughs> I, I would have been more interested because there's a few movies out there like that that I really enjoy. Uh, one being uh, Locke from, I think, 2014 with Tom Hardy, which takes place entirely just Tom Hardy in a car driving for an hour and a half, and that's the movie. Um, obviously, the acting talent on Tom Hardy is a bit better than on <laughs> Chloe Grace Moretz, but I think, like, all things considered, she actually did a really good job, like, a lot better than I was expecting. Um, so I thought that was a fun premise of just, like, you know, setting tension in this small environment. And then it basically unravels into like a big dumb action scene for the last 30 <laughs> minutes, which to some degree was earned. And this is maybe some part about me being a new parent, but when she gets all like badass being like, I'm going to climb out the side of this plane to go get my baby. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. You go get that baby. <laughs> um, so it, it was a serviceable movie and I'm, I read the reviews for it and it was terrible, terrible reviews. And I don't understand that because it's, it's not that bad. So I'd like to start off by apologizing for not making the connection of of, uh, of her trying to save this baby um, while you have a newborn. Um, ha- not having a baby, I didn't uh, <laughs> realize that that could uh, that that was not the smartest thing to do. Um, it was for me. It was more so um, just the progression, just how the movie progressed, like from. Her being stuck, it's it seemed like it was serious, like it, like a serious female empowerment, like uh, uh, being sexist is bad um, type movie with the whole like wrapped in a like an interesting oh she's stuck in this little thing you don't see the rest of the cast for the whole movie, and then like you said the, <laughs> the last thirty minutes turns into this insane. She's climbing on the wing of a plane while it's flying, um, which I'm pretty sure is impossible. Um, she gets saved by an explosion as she's falling out. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> um, it's just things like that, which is which are the things that, like I I I, I love in a stupid way. Um, and there was so much other stuff. I, I like I can't believe I'm forgetting now that all the other crazy stuff. Oh, like after the plane crashes and um, she decides to just beat this gremlin with her fists. Uh, uh, it was just it was just kind of shocking to me. And I haven't had that for a while. And I just thought it was fun and hilarious. And uh, yeah, sorry again. <laughs> There's a version of this movie that could have been very, very good. Like I'm imagining like a legitimate actress in like you know that scene where she's in you know the gunner seat for an hour just acting and it's like as i said she like chloe grace Moretz, she did better than i thought she was but like imagine someone like a a scarlett johansson or like someone like that and it's like take away the gremlin because i didn't still understand why that was part of the story and you could have done this whole story without that but it's like there's interesting plot twists the dialogue is not very well written uh, which is you know, worth mentioning. This is written by Max Landis, who did American Ultra, who did Bright, uh, who did 
Chronicle. Not the best at writing dialogue, that guy. Um, Do you think Max Landis... So it was also written by Ro- Roseanne Liang, who I know absolutely nothing about. Mm-hmm. But I, I would assume that... I, I feel like she probably wrote half the movie and Max Landis wrote half the movie. And then they just mashed it together because it's so... Sure, but the female in power part may have came from Max Landis too because he's very passionate. No, because like he's very, uh, I guess, supportive of the LGBT community and like very like anti-male toxic masculinity, whatever you call it. So it's like, I can see him... Is there a whole thing about him like being accused of raping people though? Uh, Not that I've heard of. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, is it? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Which is another sorry, and that was another thing that really surprised me when I found out that Max Landis wrote this because of the whole like female empowerment thing. Not not to say that he can't say these things, but it's kind of like weird if you're being accused by all of these Hollywood actresses of raping them, and then you make this movie and like ending a movie in like a shot of Chloe Grace Moretz breastfeeding in triumph. I don't know. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard of those. Like, it wasn't. I, I didn't find it surprising to come from Max Landis, but I guess now that you're saying this, maybe so. But he also could have written this like six, seven years ago, type thing. Yeah, maybe. But th- that's like as an aside. He he was. I think the Red Letter Media guys removed their episode with him. Oh, did because they? Of, because of all the controversy. Yeah. I was actually looking for that the other day, and I couldn't find it. So that actually would make sense. It's not there because. Because he he cray cray. Um, but yeah, no, he, like the thing that really holds this movie back is like the dialogue of the the boys talk talking about dames on their like plane type thing. Like it feels <laughs> like someone who has never talked to guys before. Um, <laughs> They're like it, caricatures it, of villains. And it was the same thing in American Ultra when he was trying to write dialogue for like military personnel, and it's like just kind of cringeworthy. <laughs> so. I don't know. Like, it's an interesting premise, an interesting idea. Could have been made into a much better movie, but ultimately, better than also what it could have been, which is it could have been just absolutely terrible. Yeah, I mean, there was not a point where I was not entertained. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an hour and twenty minutes, so it's a very easy watch. Yeah, it's just like I, I was just not expecting anything that happened in that movie at all. And it was, yeah, um, I, I was just really uh, interested to hear, to see. Wait, did Suan watch this with you? No. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> I would have felt 10 times worse if if she did. Were the babies dangling off the wing of them? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't know why it's not even relevant. It came out last year. <laughs> I, I I would give it a soft recommendation if you're really bored and you have Netflix and you're just looking for something to pass the time. <laughs> but you know what's weird? Like I always I talk about how I'll be on my phone during movies, like if I'm watching them at home. But this one, I was like fully into the whole time, whereas complete opposite to something that I agree with you that is probably a, a quote unquote good movie but if i was watching that at home i would have fallen asleep <laughs> I, I think i'm dumb 
that's it doesn't have to be smart or dumb you're allowed to have a preference on what type of movie you like no i know but i just like dumb things like <laughs> falling out of a bombay door and being saved by the uh, shock wave of an explosion it, it gave me flashbacks of uh the triple x movie um the the second one no the third one where vin diesel comes back and then at the end he like flies out of an exploding plane <clears throat> i think maybe that's why I, it it hit such a, a a note with me yeah and it's, it's such a weird thing for this movie to be so in between because i said there could have been a much better version of this like without the grandma and with scarlett johansson but there's probably also a better version of this movie where it's just like Fast and the Furious or Triple X, where like they really lean into the Gremlins. <laughs> so, yeah, the whole crew is actually Gremlins, and they're all <laughs> the Gremlins are all misogynistic. Sure, yeah. I, I, I did think it was going to be a lot smarter than it ended up being because they talked about like uh, a Gremlin isn't a real thing; it's just a representation for someone's fuck up. And I was like, oh, this is just a metaphor for her screwing up in the past. But it did not do anything with that. I guess it was just an unintentional red herring. <laughs> but yeah, that was was fun. Uh, like Carson said, if you're uh, if you want to kill an hour and a half with some weirdness, Shadow in the Clouds is on Netflix. If you've recently had a baby, maybe skip it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I need to think about these things a lot more before I before I send them to you. Um, there's also, and I I just remembered uh, before we started recording, I didn't bring this up, but I just remembered that it came out recently, and it was on my most anticipated list for this year. Candyman apparently is getting good reviews. I don't know if you seen if you've seen it. I, I've also seen the good reviews and a lot of people that I respect talking well about it. <laughs> it does not seem like a movie I want to watch because I'm typically not big into horror movies. Um, maybe I will check it out eventually, but I, I was not as excited for it as, as I think you were. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm slowly getting more excited. Um, the whole horror movie thing, it's for me, it's because I've, I've never... I've always been too much of a bitch to watch horror movies, and now that I feel like I can get through them, I've been watching, like, I've been going through... A lot of them and Candyman is just I mean it, it checks the boxes well the box is Jordan Peele but does that mean you're gonna rewatch and appreciate the witch now uh, <laughs> I wouldn't even call that a horror movie <laughs> to be honest um, but uh, yeah that nice try Carson <laughs> what uh what else is going on? I think you mentioned Dave, but no, uh, yeah, Dave Batista is uh, is is having some some. Dave Batista is talking drama. shit about The Rock and John Cena. Oh, uh, and The Rock. He he has been quoted because a lot of people obviously compare them because they're three wrestlers who have turned into actors. And I thought it was funny that he has recently been in the media saying, you know, those guys are just movie stars. They're you know entertainers, whereas. I guess Dave Bautista, in his mind, he's a real actor. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and he doesn't want to do the big Fast and the Furious movies. He wants to work with Denny Villeneuve and, uh, you know, all, you know the good actors. And to his credit, he's been working with really good directors. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I believe him or not, because he also 
if he hadn't done army of the dead and a lot of other dumb shit, I would say sure. <laughs> Uh, because he has done some good roles, even in like the Bond villain that he played. That movie wasn't great, but he did a good job. Uh, Sapper Morton and Blade Runner, um, he did a good job. He, even though he's pretty much the same guy in all of them. Sure, but it's like you can be a good character actor and say that, like, oh, yeah. and That's you can fair. say, I am taking my craft seriously. This is what I'm good at. I want to continue doing this when in good real movies and not just be like a joke, like the rock is kind of Um, the rock is just a very successful and financially successful joke, but he's just like, he's an entertainer. So I get where he's coming from, but he also does a lot of shitty movies too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm reading like after reading a little bit more about it, it does seem like a bit of a nothing burger Um, because yeah, he's saying like, I, I don't fault him for saying that he wants to be doing the serious things. Cause, and like you said, he has been working with Denis Villeneuve and in the, the, that Bond movie, whoever, I don't remember. Uh, Sam Mendes, I think. Who's Sam a good Mendes, director. Yeah. In his own. yeah. Um, it's just, <laughs> it's just funny. And I feel, I do feel kind of bad for John Cena, who, who seems like, like a really nice guy. Um, and he, like he is doing those like a lot of those dumb things. I don't I don't count Suicide Squad as one of those dumb things, although it's kind of a dumb quote unquote dumb movie. But like it's it's just I don't know. It it fits them. It, like what John Cena is doing fits him well. What um what's his name? The Rock. Dave Batista oh. is doing fits him well. I don't know. I just like that he's talking shit about The Rock. <laughs> you know, oh, do you still not like The Rock or just as an actor? I don't like his career selection. I, I think if I sat down with The Rock, I think he'd be a really nice guy. Like, not one of those people who's good at pretending being a nice guy, but like, he would actually be a fun person to hang out with. Um, I just don't like any of the movies he chooses to do. <laughs> you didn't like Doom? Do that was back when he was making good career choices. Uh, he when he had that. like Walking Tall. Um, Did you wait? Are you counting that as one of his good career choices? Yeah, I, I like that movie. Interesting. I feel like that was like a that was a classic TBS movie. <laughs> Maybe it was like early enough in his career that I was still in his charm and it hadn't been hadn't worn off yet. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he does kind of wear on you a bit. He's like, he's kind of like a, a big, but probably why he gets so, along so much with Kevin Hart because he's in everything, just like Kevin Hart was a couple of years ago. It'll be interesting to see him as Black Adam, who is supposed to be at least like supposed to be a more nuanced character than he's played in some of these other like big dumb action movies. Um, but the way he's promoting it kind of seems like he's making it the same as he's always done. Do you think he's held back by his size and physique in terms of acting? Yeah, I mean, you can't just play like random guy on the street because that would <laughs> look ridiculous. I think we made this joke about uh, I Cast of the Rock as like a coronavirus movie where he plays like a scientist. Oh, and it's yeah. like you can't you can't cast him as just a regular dude. Um, I mean, if, if it's coming from Asylum Studios, you probably could. <laughs> but I I, this... I'd like to see him try it. I would I would really in, enjoy seeing that as well. Although I I'm pretty sure, and I think you've mentioned this before, it's never going to happen. Which but you is, see a movie like The Wrestler, 
where it's, you know, you can use somebody who has like a, he's a big dumb person. He's got the big physique, but is a serious movie. Yeah. And so it's like, I'd love to see him do something like that, but I don't think he's capable of poking fun at himself. You don't think, well, no, I don't think it's not so, not so much that he's poking fun at himself. It's like, he he's kind of, he knows where he's, what he's good at doing, or he knows what his thing is and he's just sticking to it, which is fine. But I mean, you made a good point a long time ago about how Vin Diesel does more, uh, uh, like he, he's done better things than, than the rock. And I didn't agree with you at the time, but like rewatching saving, saving private Ryan, even though he was in it for like all of 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you made, you, you made a good point, I guess. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see if my DC fanboyism overrides my rock hatred when black Adam comes out. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure to schedule the next episode for, for the release of that movie. Because the next episode that. has to be about Annette and how I talk about musicals for much longer than I ever thought I'd want to. <laughs> I'm actually going to try and watch that one because um, it, it, it'll tie in nicely to our upcoming music of movies episode. I think, well, you said it might <laughs> now we've committed to it. So yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I'm trying to, to make the effort to, to watch at least one thing that Carson you're recommending to me. <laughs> I watched shadow in the clouds. So now you owe me. I know. Well, I watched Val. Does that count? That, I mean, I watched half of Val. Also a good movie to recommend to our audience. Yeah. But I think that's a good spot to leave it off at as we uh, tease some of our future episodes that we hope to be doing. Uh, Thanks everyone for tuning in and uh, join us next time.